Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Andrew. Hey there, Edwin. I am still reeling from the discovery during our conversation for yesterday's episode. Well, brace yourself, buddy, because <laughs> we've got to read this psalm again. Yeah. I, you know, just yesterday while we were talking and it, and it hit me, us, mm-hmm. that in these two Psalms, we've actually got greatest command number one. That was from in 81. Psalm 81. Yeah. And now greatest command number two in Psalm 82, seeing these together, I, I'm just, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We learn things on text talk. So it's that's, fun. That's awesome. Let's, let's see what we can learn today while we're talking. Why don't you read well, it Fantastic. Again? So I've got Psalm 82 here in front of me and we're going to be reading from the new King James version. A Psalm of Asaph. God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Free them from the hand of the wicked. They do not know, nor do they understand. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are unstable. I said, you are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But you shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit all nations. God will inherit all the nations. He is judge of all the earth. So as we pointed out yesterday, God is the ultimate judge. And he's not just judge of Israel and Judah. He's judge of everything and everybody. So whoever he's talking to here, he says, look, you guys aren't judging the way you're supposed to step up. Judge my way. Judge God's way with justice, with impartiality in order to take care of those who are in need, even if they are the neediest. The the lowest of the low. The ones who cannot pay back. The ones who cannot... Uh, give you anything for supporting their justice. And that's, excuse me, that's one of the things to recognize. It's not that there's something about the widow, the orphan, the poor, the needy, the stranger that somehow makes them better than anyone else. What what God has to continually say to people is you need to make sure to provide justice to these people because they're the ones that are least likely to receive justice. It's Mm -hmm. not that they deserve justice more. And it's not the fact that because they are poor or needy that they have somehow suffered an injustice just by that state. I think that's... I think that's one of the places mm. where people look at this in, in the scripture and misapply it today. Mm-hmm. There is the assumption that because someone is a widow or an orphan, a sojourner, poor, needy, that they have experienced injustice, and that's why they're in this state. That's not the case. When we go through the scripture, the point is these are the ones who are the least likely to get justice when they need it. I see. Because they can't pay for it. They can't mm-hmm. offer the bribe. The they judge, have no advocate. Yeah, judge judge can't get anything from them. If the judge gives them justice, it's going to be just because the judge is interested in justice, not because he can get anything out of it. And so over and over again, Mm. because we do have passages, even the one we read yesterday from Deuteronomy, as he talks about listening to the great and the small without giving partiality to either one, what we're interested in is justice, but make sure to do it even for these people who won't pay you to get their justice. Well, and I was thinking even in this society that God sets up this theocracy of the nation of Israel where they're going to be guided by this law of Moses. There's the the idea of the kinsman redeemer and how family 
uh, is going to be there to support either to take a justice when someone has been you know wronged or even killed or to help one another but who has no family to play those roles mm-hmm. right it is the widows again it is right. the orphans and so even in the society construct that you have in the scripture these people are without all of this just goes to what you were saying. Why can't they get justice? Yeah. They don't have the the levers that other people had in that society to pull. So Psalm 81, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Psalm 82, love your neighbor as yourself. These two greatest commands are what we are seeing in these two Psalms. But in Psalm 82, we have some things that are said that are causing all kinds of consternation, that are causing all kinds of disagreement. Namely, Some it are off. tricky to read. Yes. <laughs> Namely, it kicks off. God has taken his place in the divine council. In the midst of the gods, he holds judgments. That, that's the ESV. What did, what did the New King James so say? So one? stands in the congregation of the mighty. Okay. He judges among the gods. Yeah. And then we jump down to verse... Uh, six. six. Yeah. I said, you are gods, sons of the most high, all of you. Nevertheless, like men, you shall die and fall like any prince. What did the new King James say there? I said, you are gods and all of you are children of the most high, mm-hmm. but you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Okay. So right here we can see, and and these words, the, the El Elohim, that's, that's mm-hmm. the words that are here. These are words in the beginning, God. Yeah. Okay. And created the ends of the earth, yep. and we we see these these terms used very often to refer to God. We see these words used very often to refer, and when talking about even the pagan gods, you know, yes. we're going to use this term just like we use the word God generically. Mm-hmm. We might use it to refer to the one true living God, but we also talk talk about false gods. We use that word God mm-hmm. in that way. So we come to Psalm eighty two, and now there's a struggle. Well, what is this divine council? Mm-hmm. Who are these gods that he is calling gods when he's saying this? There's a couple of different things that people say. I'll just, mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and throw this out, though There's I don't buy it. possibilities. Yeah. I'll, I'll throw this out. There are some who suggest, we, we've got a few passages that talk about God sitting among the hosts of heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Isaiah 24, 21 talks about how God will judge the kings on earth and the hosts of of heaven. I think the first couple of chapters of Job might present a picture that looks like yeah, that as you've well. Yeah, you've got the sons of God yeah. coming in before him, these angelic hosts. In Psalm 89 and verse 5, let me just hop over there real quick. Psalm 89 and verse 5. Let the heavens praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness in the assembly of the holy ones. Which that could just be the saints, of yeah. course, but that is that is our term here. Mm-hmm. For who in the skies can be compared to the Lord? And that's the thing that causes you to say, oh, wait a minute, this assembly of the holy ones, this is talking about people in the skies, in the, in the skies. heavens. Yeah. Who among the heavenly beings is like the Lord and a God greatly to be feared in the council of the holy ones and awesome above all who are around him. That certainly has this flavor of God in a council of spiritual and heavenly beings. Mm-hmm. And so some would suggest that's what we've got going on here. And and I, and I guess it's possible, but what I think is, or what helps is Jesus actually comments on this song. Yeah. And I think Jesus gives us the answer. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just going to flip over to John chapter 10, where Jesus references this psalm. And listen to what he says here. Uh, they, they're upset at him. Let's see here. I'm going to start in John 10 and verse 33. Jews answered him, It's not for a good work that we're going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said you are gods? If he called them gods to whom the word of God came... And scripture cannot be broken, 
Do you say of him whom the Father consecrated and sent into the world, you are blaspheming, because I said, I am the Son of God. If I'm not doing the works of my Father, then don't believe me. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works, that you may know and understand that the Father is in me, and I am in the Father. Notice right in the middle of that, he straight up quotes Psalm 82 and verse 6. Yes. I said, you are gods. Mm -hmm. Then he says, if he called them gods to whom the word of God came... Mm-hmm. He is telling us who he who God was calling gods and to what's whom what, the word of God came. Yes, which would be the, the word Israelites, God, yeah, right? The word of God, and and specifically these, these words of God that this is coming from. It didn't it didn't go to angels and demons, and it didn't yeah. go. It certainly didn't go to false gods. Mm-hmm. It certainly didn't go to any heavenly. Word, the word of God, this word of God came to what did you just say? I, yeah, yeah just, I'm sorry, but that would be the Israelites, right? It came to the, the Israelites. One of the things that I can't help but think of is what Paul pointed out to us in Romans when he talked about who has the oracles of God in Romans mm. chapter three and verse two. Let me just flip over there here real quick. Yeah. Romans chapter 3 and verse 2. Uh, I'm going to back up to verse 1. Then what advantage has the Jew, or what is the value of circumcision? Much in every way, to begin with, the Jews were entrusted with the oracles of God. What do we know about the Jews and the Jewish nation? They received the word of God. Yes. Now, so I, I will tell you, this is a little bit of a shift for me, because just in the past... I've just thought, oh, he's, he's really, he's talking about judges. It's judges and officers in Israel that aren't doing what they're supposed to do, bad shepherds who are leading them incorrectly. Oh, I'm sorry, were you going to... Well, you know, as we were kind of throwing out the different interpretive possibilities mm-hmm. earlier in the episode, we actually didn't mention judges yet. Yeah. And so now we're kind of talking about that, and I don't know if people, we might have jumped ahead okay. there. All right. Yeah, sorry so about that. Back, I back just... me up and make sure that I'm, I'm clear here. Yeah. So when we're talking <laughs> about it coming to people, right. I, I mean, yeah. So are, is he talking to a specific class of people mm-hmm. or is he talking to the Israelites in general? So f- for me in the past, I've typically thought he was talking to the particular class of judges, kings, priests, Leaders. princes, officers, the, the shepherds of the people okay. who are mishandling it. But, but as I've considered even more what Jesus actually says, mm-hmm. I realize, you know what, we're, we're actually talking about the Israelites as a nation. Mm-hmm. And that ties together. Listen to this in Hosea. I'm going to read uh, Hosea chapter 1 and verse 10. Yet the number of the sons of Israel shall be like the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured or numbered. And in the place where it said to them, you are not my people, it shall be said to them, sons of the living God. Hmm. Or children mm-hmm. of the living children God. Of it the is the word God. been there. So the ESV does actually say children, but it is sons. And of course, if you're talking to men and women, it just means children. You know, right. That, that male, that right. masculine term for sons would refer to children in general. And but, but what does he say about Israel? Sons of God. And remember, of course, back in Exodus, what God said about Israel, the fact that Israel is his firstborn son in Exodus chapter 4 and verse 22, when he's talking to Pharaoh about what he's going to do to Pharaoh and his firstborn. Israel is the firstborn son. Hmm. And so I, I'm actually at the point of thinking that 
really, he's he's telling Israel, he's telling Judah, here's why you're going to be judged. I called you gods. Mm-hmm. I called you sons of the Most High. I, I In other yeah. words, here's this connection we have. You are the children of the Most High. This, this is who you are. But let me tell you, you're going to die just like everybody else. I judged the people who weren't following me when you came into the land. You somehow thought that was going to make you special and you were going to be able to get away with stuff. No, you're going to get judged just like they were judged. I think mm-hmm. that's the that's the point of what is being said here in these passages about Israel and about the judgment. In fact, yesterday we brought up the law of loving your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Let's just go back to that, if you don't mind, in Leviticus chapter 19. I want to hop over there because I want to note that this issue about taking care of the poor, the needy, giving justice was not just a role for specific judges and leaders. Uh, I'm going to read the whole thing. I'm going to start in Leviticus 19 and verse 9. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap your field right up to its edge. Neither shall you gather the gleanings after your harvest. You shall not strip your vineyard bare. Neither shall you gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. I am the Lord your God. You shall not steal. You shall not deal falsely. You shall not lie to one another. You shall not swear by my name falsely and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. You shall not oppress your neighbor or rob him. The wages of a hired worker shall not remain with you all night until the morning. You shall not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block before the blind, but you shall fear your God. I am the Lord. You shall do no injustice in court. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great, but in righteousness shall you judge your neighbor. You shall not go around as a slanderer among your people, and you shall not stand up against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. You shall not hate your brother in your heart, but you shall reason frankly with your neighbor, lest you incur sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Mm. All of that section is about how we love each other, Mm -hmm. how the Israelites were to love each other. I think there's application for us today as well from that, even though that's this Deuteronomy is not our, or Leviticus is not our covenant. But the point being that what Psalm 82 tells us is all of Israel was supposed to act like this. And he says, this is what you guys have done wrong. You have not loved your neighbor as yourself. You have practiced injustice. You have stood against the life of your neighbor. You have slandered. You have put a stumbling block before the blind and cursed the deaf. You, you have done all of these things. And so God is pointing out, so you're going to be judged just like everybody else. And to that end, if they had loved like that, then they truly would have been sons of the Most High. Mm-hmm. And that is a powerful echo then to the teaching of the Lord to us. And Matthew 5, verse 43, you yes. heard it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. I say to the, you love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Yes. There Straight it up. is. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Well, listen, we need to wrap up. Wrap up. I was <laughs> going to say love and be loved like oh, the yeah. Father. Yeah. And, yeah. Yes. And right. Christ be, that be, too. be sons and daughters of God. And what a privilege <laughs> it is to call him our Father. And uh, thank you for joining us on Text Talk today. We're going to have uh, Edwin pr- pray for us now. Holy God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving us first. And we pray that from the overflow of your love in our lives, that we may pass that love on to our neighbor, that we would love them, whether poor or rich, whether small or great, that we will get rid of partiality, that we will treat others with justice and faithfulness and love, that we will not fall prey to the same sins as our ancient forebears, but we will learn from them to love you with all our heart, soul, and mind, and love our neighbor as ourself. It's through your son, Jesus, we ask these things. Strengthen us, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. 
I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.